Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with freshly manicured Dave Schrader. I'm so happy for you, Catherine Brandt. <laughs> and Andy Brandt Bernard. Freshly manicured. My granddaughter did my nails last night. Oh, there you go. Uh, I just did my own nails. Fancy. Fancy. And you made it without getting uh, nail polish? Oh, I did. I can't you see it? How beautiful it is! It's all these multicolors. Now that I've shown you, oh, yeah, yeah, very nice, very yeah, nice. Yeah. They jump out at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to leave early today. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Sally Denton, our special guest. The book is called *The Colony: Faith and Blood in a Promised Land*. Unabridged. The colony is one of the most gripping and disturbing, tr- disturbing true stories I've ever come across. Hmm. Uh, we're going to find out what this is all about. Coming up next with Sally Denton, Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Oh, we didn't get any music or anything? We have music going right now. I don't hear it. Or we did. Oh, I thought it was yeah. over by then. I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't see the number in the calendar for All right, her. I just hit I her up earlier. She's, she's updating right now, so give it a second. Okay. Yeah. We can only do what we can do. 
Yeah, I got to be honest with you. If I hear the words uh, January 6th probe or the economy again, both sides are complete rats asses, and I really wish they would leave Mm, us alone. That's a positive. I'm talking Democrats, Republicans. I'm talking Trump. I'm talking Biden. These people have no idea what the hell they're doing. Do they? Does the world right now just seems plunged into utter chaos? It just, I love this one guy, though. Charges Brooklyn center man faked Trump flag arson, BLM vandalism, so he could collect insurance oh, money. Oh, yeah, the arson? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. How did he think he was going to get away with I, that? Because people are weird. I guess arson is, maybe I shouldn't say this on air, but I guess it's one of the hardest things to prove. Really? Is it really? Yeah, unless it's like like you've left the container laying there. And, and uh, the box of matches. But a lot of times from some of the people I know involved in this, uh, they say that a lot of it gets put through because they can't definitively say it's arson really? in a lot of cases. Huh. So. We got Sally on the phone. <clears throat> oh, good. We do have Sally. I'm glad to hear we have Sally. <laughs> Sally. Hi, good morning. Now you made me happy by showing up, Sally. That's all I know. Oh, thank you. Not a problem. Made me happy that I was included (laughs) in whatever conversation you're having. (laughs) Oh, we're just talking, Sally, about how crazy everything is right now. There's just nobody's happy. Everybody's angry. Everybody's, oh, my God. Oh, I know. Settle down, everybody. Settle, dial her back. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the colony, faith and blood in a promised land on a bridge, an investigation into the November 2019 killings of nine women and children in northern Mexico, an event that drew international attention. The colony examines the strange, little understood world of a polygamist Mormon outpost. You know, it's interesting. We're just talking about this by coincidence, Sally, because I didn't know you were going to be on today. I asked a question on this very show yesterday. And again, I'm not a very religious person. I grew up Catholic, and you know, I, I guess my, my view of it all is: I hope there is a God. I don't know if there is or not, but I, I hope so. It'd be kind of nice. Um, so I don't really have an overt political, uh, or excuse me, a religious angle on this one. I don't understand why all these other religions are okay, but Christianity is a bad thing. Uh, do you understand what that's all about? Why right now it's Christians are the evil ones, and I'm, I, I don't, I have nothing against any religion. I just don't understand why we're in this. Let's pigeonhole everybody, and everybody, if you're this one thing, it's a horrible deal. Because that's kind of what this is all about, isn't it? This. Uh, well, not but, really. I mean, this is a, a brutal murder of uh, three women and and uh, six of their children. There were fourteen. There were seventeen women and children traveling together. Uh, in a caravan of SUVs in northern Mexico, where they lived. This mm-hmm. is not a case of mistaken identity or anything. Right. And I don't think it had anything to do, from all evidence and indications, it had nothing to do with religion. They were not targeted uh, because they were Mormon or because they practiced polygamy. Mm. Uh, so it, it's it's just, a, um, the, it, I don't want to say it's, a co- it's coincidental that they're Mormon, mm-hmm. because uh, this is a Mormon offshoot fundamentalist colony that's been down there since the 1800s so it's not like all of a sudden they turned up and their neighbors right. didn't like them right. so um so the book is really an exploration of why these women and children were traveling unarmed unescorted in on uh, one of the most dangerous roads in the in the world this is a major trafficking route and and uh as i said these families have been living down there uh, for generations, and um, and their husbands. I mean, you know, my book. It's a heinous crime. These women, yeah. uh, they were attacked by as many as a hundred 
uh, gunman oh, and uh, clearly targeted. There was no case of mistaken identity. It wasn't the wrong place at the wrong time. It was really, you know, an attack, an all-out attack on these women and children, which in my, uh, uh, you know, which I concluded was a message to the men in their lives that they were not really targeted because of uh, they were women. But there was something, um, that, you know, that the cartels had a, uh, uh, the cartel hitmen, the cartel leaders had a problem with the husbands and, or fathers of these women. And, um, you know, my question from the start is, uh, where were the men? I right, mean, there were right. three, three, three women and children, uh, 14 children, and the, the, uh, all three husbands were in the United States working. And um, so, you know, I just, and, and the men in these colonies usually travel with heavily armed military guards I mean, you know, ex-military and ex-police, ex-law enforcement, um, because they're they're um, they're uh, owners of vast uh, pecan farms, multi-million-dollar oh, sure. pecan farms. Wow! So, uh, you know, so they've got enemies in the in their uh, midst. They're surrounded by abject poverty, and have been accused of. Um, uh, expropriating the, you know, resources, especially the water. So, you know, I just kept coming back to, so, you know, where the, you know, the men are in the rear with the gear. Why are these women traveling by themselves and subjected to this unbelievably unleashing of terror on them? No question. We're talking to Sally Denton about her book, The Colony, Faith and Blood in a Promised Land, Unabridged. So is the answer always money, Sally? Was this all about money as well? Uh, Uh, You know, I think most answers end up being about money. This is my ninth book. It's not my first rodeo. (laughs) I've written a book called The Money and the Power about the rise of Las Vegas and uh, the bluegrass conspiracy about drug trafficking in Kentucky. So um, these are kind of... um, themes and and uh wellsprings that i travel and uh i, I just you know it I, I don't i didn't come across any evidence that this was a hate crime against a religion yes so, no, um, that's great i'm glad i'm glad that i brought that up earlier then because yeah. I, I have a really hard time sally with this i am sick to death of people's greed people will do anything and hurt anyone for money it's very sad yeah. It's terrible. And, you know, it's the extreme grotesque uh, extremism of capitalism, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's really a um, I don't mean that there's, you know, that that capitalism is, uh, you know, endemically or, or, uh, you know, uh, rotten at its root. But when it's un, un, uh, you know, restricted and the the worship of money and as the almighty God, you know, is uh, unfettered, then this is what you get. Everybody's in the way. Anybody's in the way. And, um, you know, in Vegas, I mean, my book, The Money and the Power about Las Vegas, this is a place where it's kind of the unabashed worship of money, where you used Uh to, and this is, you know, one of my my thoughts about America in general, uh, even if, if you had these tendencies uh, towards greed, you kind of tampered, you know, you tried to hide them and pretend like they weren't, you know, so overt. And in America today, it's just the unabashed worship of it. 
Well, not and only America, though. It's around the world. Look at what Putin's doing. It's that's, around the world. It's all right. about money with Putin. There's no, Money is power, but the power is money to him. North Africa, it's nothing but a bunch of greedy people. Uh, I'm the king, and you're a nobody. It, it, it's right. all about money, Sal. It's disgusting. Yeah, I agree with you. So where are you guys, Minnesota? We're mm-hmm. in Minnesota, yes. You know, it's a very wealthy state, so I don't know if you know that or not. I'm no. starting my own pecan farm soon. I hear there's a lot of money in it. Exactly. I, I remember hearing about this massacre, but I don't remember a big follow-up. I I remember just I remember the massacre, and people were like, oh, we have, this happened, and I don't remember anybody... You know, actual you know, that's journalists. So yeah, that's so interesting because I was at an event last night. I'm in on a book tour, and I'm in uh, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, mm, where okay. I was at an event. And that's the first thing everybody asked was, well, "I saw that on the news." Well, I saw it on the news too, and that's where I first learned about it on CNN. And I saw, you know, wow! And they just said, "This massacre happened, isn't it terrible?" And then, if you recall, uh, President Trump, then President Trump immediately said that they were going to, you know, oh, this is this poor American family caught, you know, killed randomly by the cartels, which was completely out of context. This is a family, as I said, that goes back, you know, 100 years. And um, and then uh, the Trump administration was immediately trying to designate the cartels as terrorists, which would be a pretext, could be a pretext for America invading Mexico. So and then it all disappeared. And I was the same. I'm a journalist, long-time investigative reporter, and the reporting on the scene was absolutely first class, but it all disappeared after that. I never saw anything. I've been on this case now for three years, and nobody else did any follow-up, uh-uh. and and I couldn't figure out why. And, and you know, the father of one of the uh, murdered women said, you know, we know we were targeted. We just don't know why. And to me, that was a, a dare. I'll figure out why and right. let everybody know. And I just couldn't believe that there was nobody else on the scene, you know, trying to do the same thing. So that's what my book is about, you know. Well, were they afraid of the the cartels and and the power to be that if they push too hard, it might end up costing them their lives? Well, that's certainly possible. You know, right now, Mexico is the most dangerous place in the world for journalists. And now it just, as I, I just learned this week, it's now the most dangerous place in the world for Catholic priests. So, you know, it's a and it's right across our border. There's a lot of uh, cautionary tales about this story that, you know, the the open flow of guns from the United States into Mexico, where there's an insatiable supply for them by the cartels and others and an insatiable uh, supply, an insatiable uh, thirst for um, drug, illegal drugs in the United States. So, you know, and this is the. The narco highway where these these women, this is a dirt road, these women where they were killed. This is where all of this, you know, it's ground central for ground zero for um, the trafficking of of uh, drugs and and uh, uh, people going north and guns coming south. Why can't we solve this? (laughs) You know, I know. Why can't we? It's um, I think, as I said. As long as there's an insatiable demand on both sides, uh, you know, there's going to be trafficking. And uh, But I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and this is down, you know, not far from the, southern, the Mex- uh, New Mexico border, the Texas border, the Arizona border. 
this is not far away. And and the other main part of my book that I think is really um, uh, central to this is if you want to see, you know, the uh, uh, climate change and, and the water wars up close and central, this is very much a part of that. Much of, if you read my book, I, I, I posit a lot of different um, possibilities for the murders. But one of the leading ones is that they've been expropriated. The Mormon families have been expropriating um, or, uh, you know, drilling illegal wells and reducing the water table. And there's a lot of people needing the water, not just the uh, uh, the indigenous farmers nearby, but the avocado growers, which are uh, t- closely tied to the cartels. Right. Uh, the producers of methamphetamine, the producers of fentanyl, the producers, the, the growers of the poppies and marijuana. Uh, everyone's competing. The, the agave for the tequila. Everybody is competing for a dwindling supply of water, and it's getting really ugly. That's just. Uh... It's mind-boggling to me the billions of dollars that we have spent fighting the, you know, cartels, drug wars. and Quote, then war on drugs, right? Yeah, war on drugs, and then we, we like some cartels, apparently, yeah. <laughs> because right. they do things for the United States. It's just like, I just don't understand why this, any of this is tolerated, to tell you the truth. Well, I can tell you that this is all directly tied to the destabilization in the region by the arrest and incarceration of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Right. Because as long as, as, long as the Sinaloa cartel was in control um, in Mexico, the, uh, uh, the violence was down, the, uh, you know, everything changed. And, and uh, he was incarcerated just a, a couple of months before this massacre, which threw the entire region It's the Golden Triangle basically, of, of uh, Mexico, Chihuahua, Durango, and Sinaloa, which is this whole region. And um, uh, his incar- incarceration in the United States threw all of that into disarray because he had been controlling the Sinaloa cartel for 30 years. So that's a lot of what's going on. Is And there's a new, you know, the PRI party down there. I mean, you could, you know, I could get going here for, for a year, but the political parties are allied with different um uh, cartel factions. So, you know, that's all being destabilized. I do have a question for you. Why, so this is about 1920, something like that, when this family went down to Mexico? Is that correct? Um, actually, the original, the forebears of the LeBaron family, which is uh, the family that I write about, right. uh, went down in the 1880s and then oh, okay. 1890s. And they left during the uh, Mexican Revolution uh, Pancho Villa came in and kind of took over all the Mexican colonies. Right. But they went there. They went there to practice polygamy when it became illegal in the United States. When uh, when the Mormon Church had to abandon polygamy uh, in exchange for getting statehood um, in the 1890s. So that's the root of their colony, uh, and they've gone back and forth across the border during, um, as I said, the Mexican Revolution and came back down. So. This particular colony was uh, has been there since 1944. 1944, okay. So basically, they've, they've been through three, maybe even four major things. Why did they choose northern Mexico? And I understand it's about the polygamy thing. And by the way, we could get into that, too, because I've never understood polygamy. And why, how, how is that 
is that part of the religion? Is it part of the uh, the culture? What what is that yeah, all about? Yeah, well, it's part of the religion. I mean, the founder Joseph Smith uh, right. practiced polygamy, and it was it's part of the the belief that um, you know we are they're um, building the kingdom of God on earth, and that the uh, the way to get into heaven. I mean, the more wives and children that there are, that they're building. It's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. These are for the Latter Days preparing for the latter days. So it's very much tied into um, the mainstream Mormon church. These are fundamentalist um, colonies, fundamentalist uh, practitioners that broke away from the church because when it became illegal, um, they had to, the the truth, they see themselves as the true believers. You know, the the Mormons in Salt Lake City and Utah are not, it's, uh, by the way, it's the fastest growing church in the world, and it's the richest church in the world. It, it, but, really? Uh, I didn't so know the, that. Yeah, the fundamental, I mean, it surpassed the Catholic Church and the Vatican this past year. Really? So, um, so it's really, you know, it's pretty mainstream, but um, the fundamentalists see themselves as the true believers, and, and polygamy was very much tied to... Uh, uh, to the original um, church doctrine, so you know that's a whole other that's a whole other world. But um, anyway, I think um, you know I tried to bring, as I said, I I start out with the murders, but mm-hmm. I tried to bring a lot of historical context to it and religious, you know, the le- religious background to it to make it understandable. I really think that you know it seems like completely outlandish and crazy on the surface by the time you finish my book it's pretty understandable um, this is interesting the victims were members of the LeBaron and Lamora communities fundamentalist Mormons whose forebearers uh, broke from the LDS church and settled in Mexico when their religion outlawed polygamy in the late 19th century did the religion outlaw it because the government outlawed it why did the religion decide to change its mind yeah they because the, if they wanted to become part of the United States <coughs> right, right. Um, they had to abandon polygamy and as you uh, uh, questioned the reason they went to Mexico Brigham Young then president of the church sent the polygamists to uh, sent um, a, a group, a mission to Mexico to search for places that were just across the border oh, okay. where they could practice polygamy outside the reach of uh, the U.S. government. So, but did they not realize there'd be nobody protecting them if they, they stepped outside the U.S. government? Well, they had a, a, an arrangement with uh, Porfirio, Porfirio Diaz, who was the mm-hmm. president of Mexico, right. who welcomed them. And so they have kind of, they've been grandfathered in with uh, polygamy is not legal in the United States or in Mexico, but these families have been kind of grandfathered in um, by the Mexican government for a long time. So you know they're very much part of the uh, of the uh, Mexican uh, communities in that part of the region, uh, but they've um, they've they've made a lot of enemies along the way. Yeah, I could see it. Now, this may sound like a very odd question, and I, I really have no personal in, uh, connection to it or whatever, but why is polygamy uh, illegal? You know, that's interesting because I believe that, um, uh, well, it was all, you know, it was illegal in the 1800s right. and, and main, you know, continued through the 20, 20th and 21st century. But I really believe that there is... Um, there, well, I know that there have been a lot of um, 
forces at work lobbying for the purpose of uh, main of after um, uh, gay marriage was made legal. Right. Um, I think a lot of the uh, fundamentalist Mormons thought, well, this is the time to get a test case to the Supreme Court about polygamy because if you know a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman, why can't a man? marry as many women as he wants. And I believe that they really thought that um, after gay marriage, there would be a new look, a fresh look at polygamy mm-hmm. in the United States and see if it could be legalized. I think with the reversal of the Supreme Court now, um, you know, that's, it looks like it's even heading to uh, attack gay marriage. Um, it might be a very long time before the polygamous communi- community can think about uh, legalization in the United States. Have they really brought up attacking gay marriage on the Supreme Court? Um, well, the, I mean, the speculation is that, you know, I guess it was Clarence Thomas's, you know, uh, opinion that everything should be open to questioning now gay marriage and and, uh, uh, and even, you know, uh, gay sex and uh, uh, mixed racial marriage and everything's on a up for grabs, I believe. Well, wait a minute. He's married to a white woman. Why would he question that? I know. That's but, weird. Um... <laughs> That's, I mean, it's just, just a way to get a divorce that. a lot cheaper, Tom. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's getting Sorry, honey, the laws have changed. What can I do? <laughs> Sorry, you're out. That's all hey, there is guys, so I'm on the road, and I need to uh, get off, but I really enjoyed uh, being on your show, and thanks for having me. That's our great pleasure. Thank you, Sally. Okay, you take care. Sally Denton, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just, see, I've never, here's my question about polygamy, because they always talk about polygamy, (laughs) but. Pardon me. Can a woman marry 10 guys in the Mormon church? No, it's just men. It's just men. So why? Because they're propagating their superior seed for their fearless leader. Superior. Seat. Well, I think it's more like a, it's a biological thing. What purpose <laughs> that's, would that's ten husbands have with one wife biologically? Yeah because, yeah, because it would be you know it's like how when you're breeding cattle or horses, you have one, you have one bull and yeah, one male and a bunch of females so, because yeah. they can breed faster. Right. It's about breeding. Oh, okay. It's yeah. all about breeding. It's all so about breeding rights. Exactly. <laughs> I just it's well, and a lot of the the laws that we have on the books are all based on biblical laws and the Mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments. So, you know, you're supposed to have one wife. That's it. And you're not supposed to covet your neighbor's wife. You're supposed to be... But they do. Understandable, but, you know... When I was in India... (laughs) We're not supposed to kill, but we kill all the time. It's the way of the world. When I was in India, there was this demonstration about um, hand-printing textiles. And there was this very skinny, elderly man... He had the turban on and the little, whatever, that little loincloth-y sort of thing is. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I don't I know right. what religion that would be. Mm-hmm. But he was, you know, he's working and he's stamping. Is he, uh, maybe. Um, he's working and he's stamping. And I'm like, wow, this guy's been doing this for a long time. How old is he? <laughs> he said, he's 76 and he has five wives. Well, there you <laughs> go. Relevant and detail. I'm like, I'm like, and they just started laughing because this guy <laughs> apparently has, 
boundless energy that he can work all day stamping this stuff and I go guess. home to five wives and okay, who then. knows how many kids. Well, they say that uh, men live longer if they're married. So if you've got five wives, you're just giving yourself five you're times eternal, the chance yeah. of, yeah, you're eternal. Yeah, yeah, like, and, just and, and, yeah. get an additional one every 10 years and you'll live forever. I have a question for they're, everybody. They are supposed to, like, every woman is supposed to be have her own house and be treated the exact same. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It isn't like I, I think in some Asian cultures, there's you can replace a woman if you haven't had children or something. You can get married again. There's definitely is that I've read about that before, but it's not common. Um, but that's that doesn't usually turn out very well for the original wife. Mm. Yeah, she kind of gets pushed into a corner. So I have a question here. <clears throat> Excuse I have, me. I have, I have not looked okay. deeply into it, you know, digging deeply into it, but I've seen no proof at all that Clarence Thomas ever asked for any of this stuff. Any of what stuff? Um, things Where like ending gay marriage or ending gay sex or ending what? I, I can't find... I... I couldn't find anything solid think, in other people talking about it, but there's nothing solid behind it. I think this is just your fear porn about That's what because I was Roe versus Wade, which I still haven't haven't heard. Has anybody heard why they did this now? Uh, it is because someone challenged it. Some, <clears throat> yeah, what was the, some genius, the I think, court, in Mississippi decided that yeah, case, I think it was 15 week abortions are too restrictive for them, so they tried to uh, they went up. I think they sued someone so they could have an even or, or a later abortion. Later, yeah. And the Supreme Court said, well, actually, now that you mention it, I think we're just going to get rid of Roe versus Wade. So that person had never tried to make the abortion uh, restrictions even looser. Roe never would have been overturned. Was this somebody that wanted an abortion yes. that did this? Okay, well, yeah, I didn't think well, there's always two parties where when you it comes can go to rulings. for as long as you want. All rulings involve two parties: one person who wants something, and another person yeah, who wants the opposite. But for something to be overturned by the Supreme Court, a case needs to be brought to them. Right. But they generally but they don't, don't just like just decide. Oh, yeah, we're not, it's not going okay. to. But like, they don't have to hear it either. But they that was my to. exact question because it has to be brought to them. They don't bring it up. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the majority of people are saying is that they just did this out of thin air. Just to be, they didn't. That's but that's what people and think. Look, I have not. I have no. I've never been involved in an abortion. You you got to do what you got to do. I'm not holding you back or anything. But I can't find any evidence of what the news is telling you about what really happened. All I saw was they decided to turn the abortion rights issue over to state by state. Yes, which it should have never left state that by state anyway. Happened. Correct. Well, if you're a hardcore federalist, which most people are these days. I suppose, yeah. What did you find out? Well, here's the article I I found from CNBC that was published on June uh, 26th, updated on June 26th. It says, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas on Friday said landmark high court rulings that established gay rights and contraception rights should be reconsidered now that the federal right to abortion has been revoked. Thomas wrote that those rulings were demonstrably erroneous decisions. The cases he mentioned are Griswold versus Connecticut, the 1965 ruling in which the Supreme Court said married couples have the right to obtain contraceptives, Lawrence versus Texas, which in 2003 established the right to engage in private sexual acts, and the 2015 ruling in Oberfell versus Hodges, which said there is a right to same-sex marriage. Thomas's recommendation to reconsider that trio of decisions does not have the force of legal precedent nor does it compel his colleagues on the Supreme Court to take the action he suggested. But he did, in fact, 
state that these should also be reexamined. Well, that's according to CNBC, though, remember. Well, they, I, I'm pretty sure there would have well, been a lawsuit if you're <laughs> quoting that a Supreme Court justice said this and it wasn't true. Not oh, there is a reason he said that, yeah. and that is that all of these cases hinged on the same interpretation of the 14th Amendment right. as Roe. So they all use the same reasoning. The 14th Amendment says that you, uh, I don't exactly know yeah, what it is. It's something a about a, issue. It's something about a uh, right to privacy or something right. like that. Um, so basically what he's saying is since all of these cases were uh, decided based on the same reasoning, then we should re-look at them and see if the reasoning still holds up. To not get rid of them, but to look at them. Well, well, I mean, everything the well, Supreme Court was egregiously erroneous, right? So, well, everything the Supreme Court does is supposed to see if it's protected under the Constitution. Exactly. That's the only thing that they're supposed right, to be exactly. doing. Exactly. So, if it isn't something that they think is a protection under the Constitution, yeah, then you throw it back to the states and the right. states. Right. Roe was a bad decision. Apparently, a lot was. of legal scholars. Used to say that, but now, well, now of course, they're not allowed to. now, well, now you're. Yeah, well, it's here's it's the thing about Roe that. is that they had 50 years to codify it into federal law. Right. So why didn't they? I agree. That's a good question. That's yeah. their fault mm -hmm. for doing that because a, well, the Supreme Court decision isn't making it legal or illegal. It's basically saying that you, the federal government, isn't allowed to make it illegal. Right. So the federal government could have at any time made it federal law that abortions can be obtained up to whatever weeks and that would have been that it would have been on the books forever they but they just it. never bothered. Right. Well, I think what uh, like I've said before it's because keep, states kept pushing and pushing and pushing for long for um second well, third yeah, term. There is, yeah, yeah, like New York City saying, yeah, you need to go up to like yeah Three uh, decades after birth. Yeah, I think yeah. if they just would have left it alone instead of pushing and pushing and pushing. Because those, part those it, second yeah. and third term abortions are well, that's, very grim and terrible. That's what got Roe overturned is people pushing. Yep. Well, I have two questions. So Dan said that he was looking at a thing and it showed every other country in the world mm -hmm. and their abortion things and like... Far and away, all of them, you can't get an abortion after like 10, 12 weeks. No, it's very rare. Very rare. Yeah, yeah. 14 is usually about as far <clears throat> as anybody goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Most, uh, many American states have the most, uh, the opposite of restrictive. What's the word? Um, Tolerant, lax. I guess. Yeah, lax, I suppose, abortion laws in the entire world. Yes. Yeah. But the problem with all these abortion things is that... People think, because abortion, late term, can be medically yes. important. Yes. Right. Like, I know somebody oh, that found out that right. she was going to have a baby who, they were like, the doctor said to her, your baby's brains are scrambled eggs. Yeah. Oh, probably had anencephaly or something like yes. that. Yes. And so Ugh. they were like, it's not, it's likely not going to make it until term, and it wouldn't make it to, through childbirth, and if by some slight chance that it did, this baby would not be able to do No, it'd have a life of hell. Mm -hmm. At all, ever. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to terminate the pregnancy because this baby's not Viable. Viable, really. Mm -hmm. um, and she, state of Minnesota, has, we have the right to abortion, and even with Roe versus Wade being overturned, we will always have the right to abortion because of 
our own case that was. Well, it's a state. Yeah. Any, yeah, it's every state, state yeah. can make their own laws. Right. But she had to go through like tons and tons of all this stuff and to find a doctor to get that would agree to do well, the procedure and all this stuff. It's terrible. It's but, she's terrible. Like, yeah. but she's like, I was treated like, she's like the amount of times that they're like, are you sure you want to go through this? Are you sure you want to go through this? Are you sure? And she's like, I don't. I don't want to go through this. But I kind of have to. Like, I don't want to be here doing this at all. No, right. but here I am. And she's like, in a state that's so liberal with abortion and stuff like that, it was, she said that the process to get an abortion at that late-in term was horrendous and horrible, which people act like, a lot of people on the right act like, oh, getting an abortion at 20 weeks is like nothing. You can just walk into a Planned Parenthood and be like, I'm done being pregnant right. now. And, and that's snip, a lie. snip, yeah. cut, cut, you're right. done. Like, that's not how it works. Right. You it know. depends on what state you live well, in. Nor should well, nor it be. Too, well, no, yeah. it definitely shouldn't be. Uh, definitely not. No. And then Joe Biden signed an executive order for the right to abortion. What does that mean? It means nothing. Yeah, it's you can't decision. do that anymore. Sorry. Well, yeah, what he like, was, what? I, I think what the, the basics of what he was signing was that um, he's looking for a way to protect the rights of women that want to cross borders to states that make it legal. Yeah, that you can't get arrested. Right. So he's trying to yeah. – he can't be? circumvent – what's been done but he's trying to find smoother passage for women that want to make that choice so that there you know there's no chance of being prosecuted for crossing state lines and having it done and yeah. and certain aspects of that so well, he's, how could you yeah, states can extradite people fugitives in other states that's yeah, a, that's, that's a right that all states you, have but how well, are you, why how are you, are you a, a fugitive, fugitive if you go to a well, well I think it just depends on If it's illegal the... in another in my state, I go to another state, commit the crime, my <laughs> state could extradite well, me back. Well, how did gay couples go to New York or wherever? It's not it legal like, in there. They, when they, they were married, and then they went back to their house. Yeah, they but, weren't thrown in jail. But well, they weren't legally married in that state. <laughs> right, exactly. But gay marriage wasn't a crime. No. It just wasn't le- recognized as legal. <sighs> yeah. Abortion is a You can get gay a- marriage in any state. They just yeah. wouldn't care. They were like, yeah, yeah it's not like, real. Sorry. Just, you're just not legally yeah. married in this state. Whereas an abortion it's, in a yeah, lot of states a, is viewed as killing. Yeah. So that would be a crime that they would, you'd be a fugitive now. Mm-hmm. Where can I live that I don't have to put up with this crap anymore? That's what I. I there's just so much overreach of it's government overreach, into people's exactly. lives. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone. There really is. Yeah. You know, I've never been involved in an abortion. I've never been involved in any of that stuff. I don't hold it against anybody. You live your life. You do what you do. Uh, I just don't understand why we can't have one set of rules for the entire. You know, have the 50 states vote we did. on it. Yeah, well, we did. That's what I'm saying. But we can't anymore. They had to change it all. I Why? Know. I mean, go ahead. You you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to live your life. Well, the laws, I think they have to remain fluid to a degree because we, you know, there are a lot of laws that are still on the books that are unconstitutional, right? If you look at them yes. now and you're like, God, yep. how the hell was that ever a law to begin with? There's just with? no point in trying to revoke them because right. we just stop so you just them. yeah oh, nobody, nobody okay. pushes it through so but there are laws and there are certain things to human rights that you know just because all 50 states voted on the fact that the majority said we don't think gay people should get married doesn't make it right so i think they make the law in a way that can be ratified or 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 looked at another way later because we do realize that there's a folly to the 
to the laws. And, and that's what a lot of the people are complaining about our Constitution. Well, these things were written at a time when slavery was acceptable and and yeah, we were right. we were bearing arms in case a government tried to overthrow or come into us like the, the you know, Britain was doing so that we would never be in that position. And so they take a lot of things out of context from what they meant. So it's how do we if you can't write one solid rule that today sounds great and 20 years from now, we may realize the, the mistake in the way right. it was worded or how, how it's being implemented. So I, 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 I don't know. That's politics. From my is crazy. four crazy. semesters of law classes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> what, what I remember can from we, us. Can we take a break here? We only got 10 minutes left in this hour. Oh, got, sure. So we'll come right back Hopefully to Hopefully I'll remember Brown. what the hell I was going to say. <laughs> say. We'll be right back with <laughs> Catherine's memory right after this. And Tiger Carver. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dan's Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we've decided here at the Tom Bernard Podcast with the family that you shouldn't be allowed to do anything, but we should be allowed to do everything. Mm-hmm. That's what we've decided we oh, here. That's my private place. island right there. We have there. to talk. <laughs> Lawyer Catherine has okay. memories. We don't need Michael Bryan anymore. <laughs> no, we're not, we don't need Michael Bryan. I we had a whole year. I had a whole year. 
Tree okay. Monsters, so I know. What I believe I remember, mm-hmm. which of course, mm-hmm. what I believe I remember. Well, you know, memories can be faulty is what it is. <laughs> I remember them saying that the Constitution is there to protect <clears throat> the people against the government. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yep. It yep. isn't for yeah. the government. You're right. Against the people. That's what I was getting so, to earlier. Well, for my 25 years of watching Law and Order, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Case closed, Your Honor. We move to dismiss. Yeah. So, I mean, the government does have a lot of overreach into our lives, Way and too it's getting much. worse and worse, in my opinion. Yes, it is. Really. Um, so, I maybe that's one of the reasons why they are re-looking at these things and but then where do we stand on things like okay the government overreach telling us we have to wear seatbelts or we're going to get ticketed the government overreached and said you have to wear a helmet when you're a motorcycle rider and da 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 and it dropped it it showed exponentially the deaths and brain damage that stepped down so at what point are we applauding the government for doing things to try to keep us alive longer and and then it's, I don't it's a know weird line. if it's constitutionally be... protected to not wear a seatbelt or to have a helmet. I think it's a local law, and it's most likely. I think so. Yeah. It's most likely because of insurance companies giving money mm, to the government because they don't want to pay out for our people getting in car accidents and. Yep. I think people accidents. should be allowed to hurt themselves all they want. <clears throat> it's when they hurt others that I have a, like right. not wearing a seatbelt. You're going to die in a car accident. Okay, have fun. You're not going to hurt me doing it. But it's like, you know, if there was no law against not having, you know, spikes on the outside of your car because you think they look cool. Yeah. You know, that well, was, that I wouldn't be okay with because I mean, those spikes could end up killing me. Look at me. the cell phone laws. Everybody was like, somebody's got to. Those I agree some, with. Yeah, but somebody's got to pass a law because they all do. of these people Absolutely. swerving and getting into car accidents because they're always on yep. their stupid cell phone. And they're still doing it anyway. But they pa- passed a law. Nobody's getting pulled over for no. that being on their phone. I see it yep. every It's not morning. happening. Oh, you yeah. are the only one. I was on my way. Up, <laughs> I was going to do coast to coast AM one night, right? And my. My phone was in my little clip because I was using GPS to get to Bumble. Oh, you got pulled over for that? So, well, here's what happened. It fell out of the clip, oh. and I picked up the phone, and I was looking oh, at it as I was God. plugging it back in, and the cop drove right by me, and he Whoops. saw the phone in my hand. So I got a, um, a distracted driver ticket, which was like 140 Were you swerving bucks. around? Uh, you know, again... Memories when are fallible. I'd like to say, no, of course not. But <laughs> I, I might have, when I reached down to grab the phone, right. I might have done the oh, really yeah, yeah. quick jerk. And then he looked up and saw my phone. So, you know, I understand that to a degree. But it was I, I definitely got nailed for having the phone mm-hmm. in my hand. I got pulled over for... Um like I, he pulled me over because I thought he thought I was texting and driving, which I wasn't. This was when texting and driving was illegal, but mm-hmm. you could still have your phone mm-hmm. in your hand. Because hands-free was, like, really crappy and not reliable. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just trying to find directions to where I was going because I was driving to Ben and Jerry's by Lake Makaska. Lake something. Sorry. Yeah, Um, And a road was closed, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to get there. And so I was at a stoplight, and I was, like, just trying to figure out what road I could take to get there. And so he pulled me over, and he's like, were you texting and driving? I was like, no, I was not. He's like, you know, it's illegal. I'm like, well, I wasn't. So, yes, great, fantastic. And he's like, well, next week. Right, you got sassy. Do you know my dad no. is Tom Bernard? Do you know my father? <laughs> no, I didn't. So you know, I know. Did you get any cops? From his anyway, cops? and <laughs> no, I didn't get sassy. I was just like, 
I was like, yeah, I wasn't texting or driving. And so he, but he was like, but next week, just so you know, you can't even have your phone in your hand while you're driving. There you go. And I was like, hmm. good to know. I will not do that. Sounds yeah, good. That's when I made one of those hats yeah. that just hold my phone yeah. in front of me while I'm yeah, driving. Yeah, so that's a wonderful yeah. deal right there. Just have it on a selfie stick. In your armpit. We have holding it in your lap. i got to ask one question before we go to Tire Carver. Who was the great comedian, and I obviously can't say the actual punchline of his story, but, God, I cannot believe, I can't remember who he is. I can see his face, but he's a black man in America today. And he came out on stage once, and he goes, sorry I'm late, ladies and gentlemen. I got pulled over by the police. And I got pulled over, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just driving my car, and he pulled me over anyway. And he walked up. I said, officer, what did you pull me over for? And the cop said, for being a big end on a sunny day. Like, what a joke. That sounds like George Wallace. Yeah, that does It wasn't sound George like Wallace. It was pre yeah. him. Oh, God, what's his name? Pre-George Wallace. <laughs> He's been around since the Brontosaurus was that's on the planet. Well, that's true, too. Well, no, they're probably about the same age, actually. Yeah. But that he told that joke on The Tonight Show, like, 50-some years Red ago. Red Fox? Nipsey I, Russell? No, no God. I can't. Russell. He has long dreadlocks. <laughs> he wears... God, I can't. I, I'll think of his name. Tire, save me from this. I got to think of who, who the guy was. It was you a, need a nootropic elixir for your brain. Mm. Oh, is that my nootropic? Yeah, yeah, you left it in my car. Does it have paracetam in Why it? Why did you leave it in the, her car? Well, you rode with me. Because I didn't want you to have it last night because it has 80 milligrams of caffeine in it. Yeah, and I baby. thought you'd get all whipped wow. up and weird. First thing, in the the morning. Hey, First thing in the morning. Somebody's awake. Somebody's awake, honey. Oh, dear God. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Tire Carver, ladies and gentlemen. Hi there. I was wondering how these states are going to uh, enforce this. You can't go there and have this illegal procedure done here. When How long has it been that people have been going to Colorado and California and buying marijuana and bringing it home? That's very true. And Coors beer? Across the state line, it becomes a federal offense Offense. and you become a trafficker. It's just as long as you don't get caught. It's just like going over the line to Wisconsin and buying fireworks. It's so insane. Well, if the state doesn't care enough, they're not going to do anything. The fireworks, is it really worth their time trying to extradite people for going to Wisconsin to buy fireworks? No. Do you see the headlines on on, uh, early morning of the 4th? A lot of the police stations are like, please don't call 911 because your neighbors are blowing off fireworks. We have real things to deal with. (laughs) Exactly. We have hands that have been blown off by dumb teenagers that we have to go Mm. collect. Yeah, we have people (laughs) actually shooting fireworks at people now. Yeah. Yep. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole deal. Yeah, so I don't know how they would handle it. So you come back across after having an abortion, what would they arrest you for? Probably murder. Because you're not bringing anything exactly. back. Well, first of all, they'd have to prove that you were pregnant in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Well, that's, like, well, that's easy enough to do. You still have the hormone. You could. Yeah, that's really not actually Well, that's that like difficult. you're going to force... Cops are sitting there. You will take a pregnancy test. <laughs> right. Right if there's now. money in, in enforcing it, sure. Well, that's like on uh. social media after Roe versus Wade got overturned. I saw all these people that they were like, if you have a fertility tracking app, delete it immediately. And I mean, right now, get on your phone and do it right now. And I was like, why do you need to delete your fertility tracker? Because, like, like most women that I know have a fertility tracking app because it's like, oh, you want to know when your cycle's coming and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
And it was like, because if you report that you have a positive pregnancy and then you go into a different state and then you say that you are no longer pregnant on your app, they can use that data against you in court. I was like, this seems a little wild. Really I don't know. Like, is this the Handmaiden's Tale? What's going? Not a miscarriage. Yeah. Well, well yeah. That's the thing. Is how they yeah. can approve that? That's right. That's yeah, a very good exactly. point. Yeah. Miscarriages are extremely common in the first trimester. Yes, they yes, are. They are. Yes. So well, you, they would have no argument. You go. What are you talking about? I didn't. Basically, I didn't know. yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing they could do about. It. Well, and also, like, <laughs> here's if you... a good example of uh, people trying to fight the system and ended up being uh, for the system. I guess you could say. So I think it was Google Maps was saying that they wanted to implement a system where if you go to an abortion clinic, it'll delete all of your, like, location data for that time. Okay. So you can go there and, you know, you won't get tracked there. Yeah. Right. But it's like, okay, so I'm, you know, an investigator. Uh, I think someone might have gotten an abortion, so I look at their timeline. I see them driving toward an abortion clinic, and then it's just empty for, like, you know, three hours. That's pretty much the same thing as seeing them going to the abortion well, clinic because you know you go buy a bunch of McDonald's wrappers and leave them in the back seat and just say you're ashamed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so hungry. Location Your software Honor. is usually pretty bad on precision anyway. Yeah, it's usually well, but it, it'll only delete the data if you go to an abortion clinic. Oh, so oh. suddenly deleting data means you went to an yeah. abortion clinic. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean, the best thing People would be to like about just leave your phone somewhere else. Yeah, just don't bring your if phone. If you're hearing the damn thing, and off. like the thing about the fertility tracking app thing, it's like I have been pregnant twice and I never reported a positive pregnancy test on my app because I was like, well, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. I'm right. pregnant, so I don't need. Like you know, my phone and, doesn't need to know about these things. Somebody, to help me. And if somebody has a fertility tracking app and they accidentally get pregnant, they're not gonna like better put it in my app. Yeah. Make sure to get that information. <laughs> Dear in there. Diary. Like what? They're yeah. not gonna be doing that. No, I don't know. I was just like, this is weird. All right, Tari, get back to work. Uh, do I have to? Yeah, I suppose. Somebody's you do. got it. Somebody's got it. Go sell it. some ice cream. Thank you, sir. Okay. Have a good right, day. Okay. Carver, please. Yeah. Okay. We gotta take a break here in a couple of seconds. Any closing thoughts on the first hour? You know, I, I thank you again to Sally Denton um, for writing about that. I just sorry I made you so uncomfortable you left early. It's <laughs> not what happened. <laughs> oh, now they're saying it did happen. <laughs> you think she was extremely liberal and then she felt that I was extremely conservative or something? I just, I, think, I just think she think wanted to talk about... turned the conversation into yeah. something that she didn't want to talk about. She but wanted why? to talk about a massacre of children in Mexico. And I then mean, you turned it into... And then you had to make her uncomfortable by yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to work hard to make the conversation turn uncomfortable from murder children in Mexico. But I still want to know why the hell they... So they went to Mexico because we allowed the federal government to stick their nose in, in their business. I don't really know. That's I, what I was trying like, to get I'm not to. a polygamist oh. myself. I'm not either. But I, I really don't either. understand. <laughs> I really don't understand why it would have to be illegal. Well, because most of them are are farming children into their little cults. That's why. Well, that's like the, a lot of times it's not healthy for the females. Yeah, that's like the. Right, um, so that I was that's where I was getting, and you guys turned on me. So yeah. <laughs> well, like the fundamentalist Mormons do, they have like you know, thirteen year old brides. Yeah. Well, that's a different law though. And stuff, but it's like that. It's. Stems you can make thirteen-year-old brides illegal. Well, yeah, not I know. Having to but it stems from else. the 
polygamy thing, and it's a whole. It's from the polygamy handbook, I think. And you know, that's because we do have to take a break here, but I will say this that's where all these problems with religion came from is the people getting involved in a religion and bastardizing it and taking it in a whole different direction to fit their own personal needs. Tends to be what happens. That's exactly right, and that's the problem we have. If they would have left religion alone, in other words, if you feel a connection to God, that would be your business, wouldn't it? Now, if I, I could say, you know, the four of you, I have a great connection to God, and I hope you have one, too, someday. Love, and leave it alone, right? Well, religions like to recruit people as well. Yeah, they certainly do, because there's so, a lot of money in it, once again. It's like the Elks Club. That's the same <laughs> yeah. as the Elks Club, damn it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back in the second hour. we got another great guest coming up. Jay Johnson, now, you, you met this guy. Yeah. And what's what was that all about? A great guy. We were at Joliet State Prison together this weekend. Really? Did you see Richard Pryor? No, but we did an investigation. There was a big paranormal investigation that took place. It was a crazy weekend. Really? Yeah. We're going to hear about that, and sure. we're going to talk to Jay Johnson. Well, we'll talk to Jay about his book, give him a chance to shine, but if, if he leaves because you get him uncomfortable, I'll talk He's, afterwards. Yeah, could you ghosts, just you know? leave polygamy <laughs> out of it? I have a question for you, Jay. On the cover of your book, uh, that that yellow glow that's coming, is that from all the gold you have in your basement? <laughs> that's right. I'll just ask him that. Anyway, we'll be right back in the second hour right after this. <laughs> 